everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Sue Jeffers. This is the Sue Jeffers Show. Twin Cities News Talk AM 1130 and Oh, yes, I have a great show planned for you. I know, I know. I'm kind of watching the, the gopher game a little bit here. It's tied up, and they're in the first quarter, and it's their 97th homecoming game. Isn't that unbelievable? It's a lot of years. Oh my gosh, I know. A lot of tax dollars. And I was at, I know. A lot of different coaches, a lot of losses. I know, quit (laughs) reminding me. I'm, well, they're playing Illinois, so we'll see if they win or if they don't, if they don't win. Anyway, good luck, Gophers. Go. I hope they win. They have to Uh, roll a little harder, apparently. uh, Apparently they do. And you know, I think the rain's going to hold off until the game's over. It looks like we have a line of thunderstorms, um, heavy downpours, whatever you want to call it, coming through in, I don't know, five to, between 5 and 7 o'clock tonight. Um, be thankful it's only rain, people, because you know what's in the forecast for next week? Snow. Snow. I know. It's nothing that's going <laughs> to stick too or far anything. Not ice fishing season. I, know, I can't wait. I knew that would make you happy, Stan. I knew that would make you happy. All right. I have a great show planned for you today. Uh, we're going to talk part two, why Amazon will not relocate in Minnesota. And I gave you some hint last week when I talked about how Minnesota is so business unfriendly and when I talked about uh, the high taxes that we have in our state. Uh, this week I'll cover the high energy costs. I'll cover the crazy labor law we're seeing. Um, I think I touched on congestion a little bit last week too. The always increasing congestion thank you to the american experiment that it is by design that that is happening uh and this week we'll touch on the declining schools and of course probably some cold weather as well last week we talked some local politics i talk about local politics every single week because i think people underestimate what's happening in their own community whether you're talking your city your county your school district the met council people just aren't paying attention And these are the people that are closest to you. These are the people that you run into at the grocery store, for heaven's sakes, at the bank, walking down your down your street. And I've told you I've been out lit dropping a lot in the city of New Brighton and have been having a blast do it and doing it. And you know what? Yes, I'll even do it on Saturday if it's snowing on Saturday and I have to because I feel really strongly that we get some uh, that we get a new mayor in the in the city of New Brighton. I told you last week what an unprofessional, uncivil hack she is and what an embarrassment to the great city of New Brighton that she is. I have an update on New Brighton, but I also have some highlights, or maybe you'd call them lowlights, from Minneapolis, St. Paul, Edina, and of course, I want people to call in if you have highlights or lowlights going on in your area. I know the Prior Lake School District race has gotten very contentious. New Hope, you got some issues with your city trying to ram uh, garbage, city-run garbage down your throat. There's all kinds of stuff going on out there right in your own backyard that you're not paying attention to and you should if you live in ramsey county and and especially in a city like new brighton they have already warned you your taxes were going to skyrocket they warned you next year you're going to see sticker shock that they're going to be so high these elections especially these off-year elections are so important and 
I know everybody's heard a lot about the Minneapolis mayor's race and the, the St. Paul mayor's race. You got crazy and you got bigger crazy running for those mayor's, mayor's spots. And, and wait till you hear some of the details that I have to have to tell you about. You're just going to. It's just totally unbelievable. Um, also today, I enjoy Halloween. I enjoy Halloween a lot. Um, I know there are some people who think it's sacrilegious and don't like it. And Stan loves it because he loves the slutty costumes. And But let me tell you, the costume police are already revving up for Halloween. What's happening in our local schools and universities. It's just absolutely crazy when you hear some of the stuff that they're doing. Also, today, I really... I have really been struggling for this probably since Black Lives Matter came onto the scene and trying to understand the 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 whole concept of racial equity. I've been trying really, really hard to understand both sides of this argument. And we've seen we've seen this debate or lack thereof, I guess, um, ramp up to a, just a crazy level where where. People are throwing around the word racism. They're throwing around uh, racial terms. They're sh- throwing around terms like white privilege, white supremacist, white supremacy. Um, the left loves to call people racists. Thank you, Donald Trump, because I think thanks to Donald Trump, uh, people were horrified being called a racist before. Now, I think we've heard it so often that a lot of people, the word's lost its meaning. It's lost its meaning as a way to demonize you, although you're seeing a lot of city councils, you're seeing a lot of newspapers, you're seeing a lot of schools and school districts come out and and uh, try to tell you what racists you are and to help you be a better less racist person. So I'm going to try to explain the subtle new face of racism that we're seeing. And I'm going to try to give you some arguments against these, you know, that the, so many on the left like to call us racists and they say that you're an unconscious racist. So in other words, you're so stupid, you can't figure out that you're really a racist. And because you deny you're a racist, you're an even bigger racist. And the part that's so funny, the irony of it is they're the ones that are so racist, they're wearing it on their sleeves. I can just hardly take it. Oh, man, I told you we had a jam-packed show today. Yes, yes, I do. Okay, I want to tell you a little bit about uh, some lawsuits. Now, I've had a lot of people ask me recently about the lawsuit that I'm a part of. It has to do with the Tea Party t-shirt case. And you might remember that this was a case going all the way back to 2010 where, um, and I'm part of it because I was an election judge, and it was, it's do you give up your rights of free speech when you walk into the ballot box? And um, we sued the Ramsey County, Joe Mansky at Ramsey County, and we lost. We appealed it to the Eighth Circuit, and we lost there again, too. So Pacific Legal jumped on board and said, let's take this all the way to the Supreme Court. This is such a great case. And in essence, the county was telling us we could not wear a Tea Party T-shirt to the voting booth because it was too political. Well, where do you draw that line? Can you wear a Wellstone shirt? Can you wear a shirt that says Union on it? Can you wear a shirt that says Vikings on it if it's during a year that they're trying to 
get people to vote to build a, a Viking stadium. Where is this line? And apparently in Minnesota, because every state's different, uh, they you lose all your rights once you step into the all your First Amendment rights once you step into the ballot box. So. A lot of you out there have been asking me because I've been so excited. I I knew in October we were going to hear what was going to happen. And the U.S. Supreme Court, their term runs from October to April. And the, the justices hear roughly 70 different cases. So we thought we were going to hear right off the bat what the Supreme Court was going to do with our with our case. And we've been relisted. So when I tell you that the U.S. Supreme Court Court hears 70 cases every year. That's not very many. When you think of the thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of cases that are floating around out there, the Supreme Court really doesn't list that many. So our case was, in fact, most cases that go to the Supreme Court are denied. They say, go, go away, either whatever the lower court rule it stands or, you know, any number of reasons they deny your case. Our case wasn't denied. Last Monday, the U.S. Supreme Court said that they were going to hear four cases. They denied 76 cases and they relisted 10 cases. And I was so excited because our case is one of the 10 that they relisted. I am so excited because when this is hurt, if it's hurt, at the U.S. Supreme Court, I can't wait to go to Washington, D.C. and go listen to our case being presented to the U.S. Supreme Court. And I think I've told people over and over and over again, one of the reasons that I voted for Trump was Neil Gorsuch. And Neil Gorsuch is obviously on the Supreme Court now. So I'm just really, really excited to see what's going to happen with this. You might remember that um, Pacific Legal's attorney, Wen Fa, was on with me right after we found out that they were going to get in, involved in this. And um, the good folks at the Minnesota Voters Alliance who've worked so hard with us and with uh, the Pacific Legal Foundation, uh, when Fa stated, restated again, uh, that there's a, a 60% chance for um, a grant after a relist. So we just have to wait a couple more weeks uh, and then we'll find out. We're going to take a quick break. There, I, I told you a couple weeks ago I wanted to tell you about this because so far... Um, of the cases that the U.S. Supreme Court has taken, there are some super interesting ones, and I consider everything a teachable moment. So we're going to talk just a little bit about some of the cases the U.S. Supreme Court is going to hear this term, uh, and they're super important to all of us, you guys, all of us. Stay tuned. Lots more coming. Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk AM 1130 and TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Sue Jeffers. This is the Sue Jeffers Show. I was just telling you about our Tea Party t-shirt case, the one that is uh, hanging out right in front of the U.S. Supreme Court. How excited I am to hopefully be able to go uh, and watch some of that. I told you last Monday, the court granted four, the U.S. Supreme Court granted four cases. They denied 76 cases, and ours was one of the 10 that was relisted. So, hey, 
we're still alive. And the U.S. Supreme Court hears about 70 cases every term, and there's all nine justices there now because Neil Gorsuch it has, um, is now on the bench, uh, and their term runs from October to April. And th- these are really, really, really big cases that come up. It's very hard with all the different lawsuits, all the different cases. It's really, really, really hard to get in front of the Supreme Court. But it's also a, a, a very teachable moment, and there are two Two super interesting cases. Well, okay, there are way more than two, uh, but two that I'm gonna just wanna. I just want to tell you a little bit about today. You're gonna always hear the big stories about uh, President Trump's travel ban, which there's a new lawsuit starting up for his new travel ban. So you'll hear lots more of that. There's also a great case um, about a baker who refuses on religious grounds to make cakes for same-sex weddings. This is way different than the other ones we've seen before uh, and watched before. But there are also so many under-the-radar cases that have huge impacts on our life. And one of them that the the court is going to hear is, um, has it's called Carpenter. Uh, Carpenter v. United States, and the justices are going to ponder whether warrantless seizure of cell phone location records violates the Fourth Amendment. So think about that for a minute. I know a lot of people... can't remember what the Fourth Amendment's about. They don't know why it's important. They don't know why we should defend it. Defend it. Uh, but we've seen in the last, I don't know, 10, 12 years or so, the Supreme Court ruled against tracking a suspect's car with GPS, and it actually uh, said that the police had to obtain a warrant before they can view, that, view the data on cell phones, including call logs and content, contacts and everything else so even if they've arrested you they can't go do that without getting uh without getting a warrant in carpenter the government is trying to argue that the police can use your cell phone location records because the fourth amendment offers no expectation of privacy regarding information shared with third third parties so what they do is they go to the phone company and they say hey joe over there's a super bad guy we got to find him we got to track him give us your give us your records and tell us where where he is and now you've got people fighting back saying no 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 just because a third party AT&T Verizon Sprint I don't care who you have um the police do not get to track your whereabouts just because they're re- re- requesting data from whatever their service provider is. That'll be a really interesting one to watch. Uh, And also, this one's one of my favorites, too. Stan, you're going to like this one. Uh, It's Christie, the NCAA. And it has to do with sports betting. So for 50 years, probably, um, most states have barred sports betting. Recently, however, cash-strapped states are deciding that if they legalize sport betting as a way to create jobs and generate revenue, that, you know, they could make a boatload of money off of it. Uh, But the federal law stands in the way. So in 1992, they passed uh, a law that said, yeah, states, you don't get to have uh, you don't get to have sports betting, but New Jersey came in and said, wait a minute, our city, our state passed a constitutional amendment legalizing sports betting at casinos and racetracks in 2012. 
The state says that this ban on repealing bans violates the 10th Amendment anti-commandeering, anti-commandeering principle. So, in other words, Chris Christie is trying to get the green light from the Supreme Court so that we can have online sports betting. How about betting. some state-run casinos? Why not? Well, that has to do with the sovereign nation, and Minnesota's in a uniquely unpleasant situation with that. Thanks for nothing, Hubert Humphrey. But, yeah, that's going to be really hard to fix that one. Anyway, I'm really excited about all these court cases coming up. I really want to see... The good guys win so many of these cases for such a long time. And we have a lot to worry about, folks. President Obama appointed a lot of judges. Mark Dayton appointed a lot of judges. And we've got the Democrats standing in the way of a lot of... Uh, Trump's appointment, which we've seen so much of recently with Klobuchar and Amy sitting on those blue slips. Now, I think Amy Klobuchar finally returned her blue slip and Al's throwing a big hissy fit. Al, who loved uh, Justice Strauss on the Minnesota Supreme Court for oh so long, now all of a sudden decides that, oh, yeah, I don't like him. And, yeah, he shouldn't be the one who gets to go to the Eighth Circuit. The whole thing's been just fascinating. Um KSTP came out with a poll this, uh, I think, yeah, I think it was this week. Yeah, October 18th. And the this is really interesting, folks, because it took a look at uh, voter identification, party identification in the state of Minnesota. And they went out and they asked, I don't know, a thousand people, um, are you a Republican? Are you a Democrat? Or are you an independent? Uh, Minnesota. 22% said they were a Republican, 26% said they were Democrats, and 42% said they were independents. That is unbelievable. Unbelievable. And But I think, I, I you know, and again, I guess I'll thank Trump for this, too, because Trump isn't a Republican, and you certainly couldn't call him a Democrat, either. Uh, so, and I think people are so disgusted with the Republican Party because they so often don't do what they promise us they're going to do. Oh, Obamacare jumps to mind. Uh, fiscal responsibility jumps to mind. There are any number of things that Republicans promise us they're going to do, so we vote for them, and then we don't see it happen. The Democrat Party is unrecognizable unrecognizable you can't even and when we talk about the local elections when i talk about some of the candidates running for minneapolis and st paul mayor you're going to wonder who these people are you're going to wonder if we still live in the united states of america the democrat party is so divided and i don't know call it the hillary wing versus the bernie wing call it an internal civil war call it whatever you want to but the bottom line is your average person does not recognize the dfl uh as being d F or L any, anymore. It's so crazy. And the idea that some 42% of the people now claim independent status is just, oh my gosh, so amazing. What we've also seen too is Dayton's job approval rating is just tanking. I don't know how the heck Governor Dayton stayed in a 50, low 50 approval rating I, I don't know how he did that because he is totally incompetent and now it's down to 47 percent so i think that's uh pretty interesting you had um dayton not only succeeded in convincing survey respondents um that his his the way he handled the legislative funding 
but only 33% support Dayton, while 31% disapprove. So you've got half of half who say, do you understand that? It's hard to use numbers on air. I know. Um, You've got half of half, roughly, uh, who are so confused by what Dayton did with his line item veto that they can't decide if they're in favor of it or, or, or against it. I mean, it's just absolutely crazy. So you've got Dayton's horrible approval rating, but you've also got a, a, a pretty bad um, approval rating for the legislature as well. So Dayton's got his declining pop, um, declining popularity. Uh, there's very low support for the veto battle that they're fighting out in court. You're also seeing Donald Trump drop a little bit with a 37% job approval rating. Uh, Trump does best among rural older voters, 65 and above, and non-college educated and Republican respondents. Dayton's base basically includes younger people under 34, college-educated, urban residents, and, of course, other Democrats. Um, The approval... The legislature, the governor, and the president all registered less than 50% job approval rating. We also saw this past week a lot of numbers came in for how much money the individual candidates are raising for next year's election. One stunning fact that I want you guys to know is Pete Stauber. Pete Stauber is the guy who's running against Rick Nolan up in northern Minnesota, up in Congressional District 8. Pete Stauber raised more money than Rick Nolan. And again, you talk about that internal civil war. You're seeing that happen with mining up in CD8. Uh, Amy Klobuchar. Oh, my gosh. Amy Klobuchar's third quarter numbers. She raised one point one nine million dollars that's just astonishing she has 4.9 million dollars cash on hand and all i have to say is i'm gonna have to get jim newberger in here get jim newberger in here and have you guys meet him listen to well i've already had him on once but um but that was months ago um we're going to have to have him come in and, and talk because Amy Klobuchar needs to go. Al Franken needs to go. Amy Klobuchar needs to go. They've stopped listening to half the people in Minnesota. And really, it's a, it's an embarrassment that both of our senators in Minnesota are Democrats, especially when Trump almost won Minnesota. Some of us would say he probably did win. Uh, and then, of course, the governor's race is heating up, too. You know, it's clear people don't like Mark Dayton. It's clear his approval rating is tanking. He doesn't care. He's only around for another year. There are like a thousand people who are the next governor wannabe. And Tim Waltz is out there. Everybody thought Tim Waltz was going to be the guy for the Democrats, but he is taking a hard, sharp turn to the left. And he's talking about how uh, we have to protect the dreamers. We have to protect amnesty. He's backtracking on his gun stances. All these things that made him so attractive down in the southern part of the state, down in Congressional District 1, all of a sudden he's not not quite as popular anymore once he starts articulating what his stances are. And you know what? We should get... um well, yeah, I don't want Carla Nelson to come in here. Carla Nelson's a senator who just jumped in the race. And it was the it was right around the time of the Las Vegas um, massacre. And 
I give her. I'm not a. I'm not a Carla Nelson fan. Uh, she's from the Rochester area. I give her a ton of credit because after she had her announcement and she had a big uh, um, press conference and invited all the press, and obviously everyone was stunned and heartbroken over what had happened in Las Vegas. And I give Carla Nelson credit because she took zero questions, zero questions. There were more important things right then and there than her race for for Congressional District 1, and I give her credit for that. That being said, she's not my candidate. I don't even think she's a Republican. I think she's a horrible senator from the Rochester area. I do not want to see her going to Congress being another uh, Republican who votes like a Democrat. I do like Jim Hagedorn down there. Um, the, and, and I think it's it's okay to have other people jump in the race because I think it sharpens all all the candidates up. Um, I'd have to say right now, Jim Hagedorn's my favorite guy down there. Uh, and, and you know what? I don't think I've, I, I might've had him on the show during the fair. Well, I don't know. Anyway, we'll have to get him in here. We're going to take a quick pa- quick uh, break, and when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about Dayton's, Min- Dayton's Minnesota. I am so tired of hearing the word comply, 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 that it just makes me sick. And when I talk about some of the policies and some of the spending that we are seeing coming out of the Dayton administration. It's driving me absolutely crazy. And then, of course, we're going to go in and go on and talk about why Amazon would never come to Mark Dayton's Minnesota. Stay tuned. Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk AM 1130 and TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com. tuning in i'm sue jeffers this is the sue jeffers show twin cities news talk am 11:30 and twin cities news talk.com really appreciate you tuning in um before we jump into dayton's minnesota and how sick i am of hearing the word we must comply we're complying it's compliance and i i'm i'm just so sick of hearing that um i want to tell you that i've talked about a lot of things already today if you want to weigh in 651-989-5855-651-989-5855 let's take kevin's phone call because he's been super patient hey kevin welcome to the show how you doing great how are you hey i ran across an article that talked about muslim certified food and i think it's pronounced l halal okay and uh Basically, um, the way they slaughter these animals should have the um, animal rights people up in arms because uh, they say that the animals suffer extreme pain and suffering whose throats are partially cut so they bleed out, often taking 10 to 15 minutes to die. Wow. Anyway, the, the website called Bare Naked Islam makes the case that we may be inadvertently supporting Islamic terrorism by unwittingly buying halal food. Now, you've got a lot of stores that want to make money, and if they put the halal stamp on their food, why should I buy food from that store? Whether it's Target, Sam's, Costco, etc., etc., why should I buy that if I may be supporting terrorism? And we need to know where this money is going. 
Well, you know what? Buyer beware. And I'll tell you, that's the beauty, I guess, of a free country. That money could be going anywhere. And you hear a lot of stories like that, Kevin, where, you know, people are wiring money here or people are doing this with their money there. And I think it's up to it's up to us to be informed consumers. And what, what frustrates me so much, I hear your concern and I understand what you're what you're saying. But here's the thing. We don't want more government. We don't want more government to come in and tell us what we can do and where we can do and more regulations and more infringement on on free trade. So when it, when I say that it has to be up to us, buyer beware, or for up to us to do the research and, and make our own decisions on it, it kind of sounds like a cop-out, but it's really not. Because I don't want people to turn to one place, be it the government, be it whoever, to all of a sudden say, you're the one that gets to make those decisions. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I do, and it's, you're right. It is up to the people, but people have to educate themselves. I know, I know. I really think so too, because it's really astonishing. You know, Kevin, another version of what you're saying is the donut booth at the state fair. They don't tell people that it's going to fund DFL candidates. Well, I guess they have a little sign up there now, but for years they didn't. And if people knew that the money was going to the to the Democrat Party, they might not want to buy their mini donuts from there. But again, because somebody did the research and somebody made the information public, then people could make that decision. And then they didn't have to be they didn't have to buy their mini donuts there. They, they could go to one of 10 other places to buy it. Now, getting back to you were talking about Halloween masks. Do you remember the rodeo clown? Who I do. Yes. And he got fired. You know they. You know why they. You know they told him, and he didn't listen. And do you know why they fired him? Why? Because they told him to stop clowning around, or they were going to get rid of him. <laughs> I think that was a super interesting story because one of the things I'm going to tell you about this won't happen until the second hour uh, today with the Halloween stuff. They the costume police are coming out and they're talking about all the Halloween costumes that are racist and are unacceptable and are not allowed, and uh, the one. Every single one of them comes back and says, oh, but if you want to make fun of Trump, it's okay. That's a, I got a great story out of Ohio State saying, saying that. And it's just, the irony is just un, uh, unbelievable. I've got one last thing to say. I found a, a gentleman, black gentleman, on YouTube, and he's a common sense black man. And I started listening to him, and I thought, wow, this guy's pretty good. His name is Tommy Soto, S-O-T-O, M-A-Y-O-R. Check him out. Okay. Thanks, right, Kevin. Appreciate, appreciate your comments. Kevin always has something good to add, I, I think. Uh, okay. So I want to talk a little bit about Dayton's Minnesota. And I have been so frustrated ever since uh, he became our governor. I think he has done so much damage and destruction to the state of Minnesota. I think it's driven people out and families out of our state of Minnesota. I think he's driven businesses out of Minnesota and all the spending and, and innovation and everything uh, has gone with it. I just had some good friends of mine uh, leave for Florida just this week and it makes me so sad the people have said I've had enough. I have one friend of mine, he's super rich, and he says one more election and if you People in Minnesota can't turn it around. I'm out of here. And I totally get it. I totally get it. I feel like half the reason that I'm here, well, the only reason I'm here is it's where my children are. Um, 
But why haven't I started another business? Because it's impossible in this godforsaken state to run another business. This past week, I heard so many times, we have to comply. We have to be in in compliance with. And one instance this week, Governor Dayton signed the federal waiver for reinsurance. There's a horrible idea, a horrible idea that thanks for nothing, Republicans, that, that puts Minnesota taxpayers on the hook uh, instead of insurance companies for a huge chunk of medical costs. And the state of Minnesota, uh, the legislature and Governor Dayton dumped in almost a billion dollars this year into Minsure, into our version of Obamacare, uh, that was basically bailing out the insurance companies. And I'm sick of it. And we talk about how Obamacare is collapsing. It is collapsing. And and we're seeing it here in Minnesota. We're seeing it in Washington, D.C., that they keep bailing out these insurance companies and and. That's not how that's not how we're going to fix it. And that should remind you again on Tuesday, make sure you've signed up to attend Twyla Bray's Citizens Council for Health Freedom, her fundraiser on Tuesday. You can go to cchfreedom.org to get more information on that. You can even show up on Tuesday. I'll be there. A whole bunch of you guys won um a free ticket to go. So we'll get to sit at the same table. I'm excited about that. Uh, and, and we have to, we, we have to pay attention to that. We also heard governor Dayton and far too many Republicans jump on board with saying, yay, yay, Minnesota. Um, our current driver's licenses are going to be accepted at other, uh, airports and checkpoints. So Minnesota got an extension, uh, for real ID. So, um, apparently we are, our licenses aren't compliant with the federal government. That word comply, compliant, compliance. It drives me absolutely crazy. The funniest thing that I heard this week was Governor Dayton gave a press conference on Tuesday and he said that the problems of the state's new computer system for vehicle licensing and registration have been greatly overstated by his Republican critics. And the funniest part about this at the same time, Governor Dayton was accusing Republican lawmakers of collecting and spreading antidotal information to paint a more troubling picture. One of Dayton's own commissioners, Deputy Legislative Auditor Judy Randell, was telling a panel of lawmakers that the problems in the system really, truly persist. Who's the liar now? And, and it was so funny that it happened at the same day, at the exact same time. Crazy. Uh, and Minnesota Housing is now investigating investing $126 million in affordable housing to address the statewide housing shortage that we have in our state. They're not looking at why we have a problem with affordable housing. They're not looking at any of that kind of stuff. Minnesota has now committed $350 million in affordable housing. And you know what? You know what? When when Minnesota continues to tax the snot out of you, well, yeah. Well, yeah, that's exactly what happens. That's exactly what happens. They throw all this money at stuff that they have absolutely no business throwing it at. I'm going to take a quick break here in a minute. 
Um, but when we come back, I want to talk to you about Amazon. I got to tell you, I got to tell you why Amazon is not going to come to Minnesota. They're looking to expand. They want a sweet, sweet, sweet secret deal from Minnesota with huge benefits. Uh, they want all kinds of goodies that existing businesses don't have and won't ever, ever, ever get. And you say, but Sue, why won't Amazon locate in Minnesota? And I say, because Dayton's Minnesota includes high taxes, high energy costs, crazy labor law, increasing congestion, declining schools and cold weather and much, much, much more. So this past week, Dayton worked on putting together his Amazon deal. Uh, Secretary, I'm sorry, um, their goal was to try to make it through the the first round the to make it through the first round of negotiations so to make it past amazon's first um uh cut so to speak and then if they make it um after they make it through the first cut with all these goodies from the state taxpayers then we have all kinds of local entities who are are coming in and they're going to sweeten the pot so that they can try to get it into their area and so you people who live in Ramsey County you people who live in Minneapolis you people who live in Bloomington you people who live in Shakopee pay attention because your areas are coming up with these sweetheart secret deals that nobody's going to know about until it's until it's all over and you've got the crazies uh on the side of remember i told you about the civil war the democrats are fighting so <clears throat> excuse me on the on the left when and i don't know i guess for clarity i put them on the bernie on the bernie group on one side and the hillary group on the on the other side but but john marty doesn't fall neatly into either one of those boxes so i paint with a very broad brush that i generally yell at people for painting with a very broad brush uh senator john marty democrat out of roseville said that he doesn't want to help just one large successful company come to minnesota at the expense of other countries. Marty said that Minnesota's bid should include his proposal. Are you ready for this? His proposal to switch the state to the universal health care system. He said that kind of change could save Amazon more money than tax breaks and will also help other people or other businesses. You've got Rebecca Otto out there talking about that. You've got uh, Tina Liebling out there talking about that. This is so, so, so troubling, people. Other states have looked at this. Um New York looked at it. Uh, Colorado looked at it. Uh, where's Bernie from? Vermont looked at it. And every one of them determined at California looked at it. Every one of them determined it would cost more than their entire state budget to hand out stuff like that. It's so ridiculous. Okay, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, I want to tell you some more reasons why Amazon will not be coming to Dayton's, Minnesota. Stay tuned. Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, com. <laughs> Yo, turn me up in the headphones. K-92-3. 
Good Saturday afternoon, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Sue Jeffers. This is the Sue Jeffers Show. Uh, Monday, Mark Dayton was going to meet with Amazon. Uh, This past week, he got together with the Minnesota Department of Employment and Economic Development Commissioner and representatives from the greater MSP to discuss what the proposal should be. Amazon is um, hiring like... 120,000 jobs for Christmas, uh, more than 1,200 in the state of Minnesota. And these are picking, packing, shipping, driving. A lot of these jobs get to, uh, a lot of these jobs, once you've worked the holiday season, you get to stay on. Um, if you work out over the course of the year, uh, they want to expand. They want, uh, it just makes me furious that, that Minnesota is even on board with putting together a sweet secret deal at the expense of existing businesses in the state of Minnesota. Um, and, and at least Mark Dayton recognizes, uh, because he's said that he's public, he's publicly said he's worried about upsetting, uh, Minnesota based Target and Best Buy companies. Um, he's actually said that but they they put together this proposal and mark dayton says yeah we're focusing on promoting minnesota's workplace strong schools and transportation network last week i told you the twin cities traffic congestion is worse than ever and it's only going to continue to get worse uh governor dayton must have ignored that little report uh because if amazon can't move their goods and services or their product around why would they ever want to come to minnesota and minnesota does have a strong workforce um and then schools are you kidding me governor dayton have you seen the latest results out of the schools in in minneapolis in st paul in edina for heaven's sakes american experiment has done such a tremendous job of exposing edina which is just i'm just shocked at what's going on in edina we'll talk about schools coming up in a little bit uh, but Governor Dayton said he's the state is going to propose multiple sites and existing financial incentive programs limited to three million dollars. Uh, that'll be tough to compete with. Uh, New Jersey off, offered seven billion dollars. Uh, Chula Vista, California, offered four hundred million. Uh, and it, and it's interesting. So the Amazon looks like they're going to get. At least um, at at least three million dollars from the state. Trust me, they will find a lot more, uh, and then they'll go to the more local entities, whether it's Ramsey County, Bloomington, Shakopee, uh, and they'll take a look at those, and there'll be all kinds of goodies tucked into that one, in into that one too. It's just so crazy. So last week I talked about the congestion. I talked about how congestion is the worst it's been since 1992. How it's only going to get worse and worse and worse. I talked about. Minnesota being named the second least tax friendly state in the nation. And they ranked income taxes, sales taxes, gas taxes, sin taxes, and other tax rules and exemptions. And yeah, Minnesota stinks. Why would Amazon want to come here? Oh, they wouldn't. Um, when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about some of the crazy labor. Uh, labor stuff we have going on here. I want to talk a little bit about the high energy costs that are going on. And I want you to think about the kind of jobs Amazon is providing because the the tax, the taxes, income taxes, 
um, hit those lower income people even harder than almost any other state in in the in the United States. So much more coming, everyone. Stay tuned. Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com.